Before we begin today, I have an announcement to make about the podcast. I'm going to change the format up just a little bit. One of the reasons I do this podcast is for my own devotional life. I'm trying to go back through the sermons I've preached and take the principles and apply them in my life in a deeper way. That's what the application at the end of each podcast is about. But I'm finding that these are going by kind of fast. A new one every day isn't really enough time for me to really put these things into practice, so I'm going to try to give it two days. I'll start airing podcasts three times a week instead of five times. We'll have them on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Then on the off days, that will give you and me a chance to go back to the previous day, listen to that application again, and try to give a second day of putting it into practice. It's not good to just keep learning things and learning things at such a fast rate that you don't have time to make it a part of your routine, your daily life, your way of thinking, and let it sink deep inside you. And a second change I want to make is I'm going to add a prayer at the end of each podcast. Sometimes it's nice to have a guided prayer to help you talk to God about the things you just learned from his word and how to put them into practice. And I'll try to model them from the words of scripture using psalms and other passages of scripture. So you'll find the podcasts look a little bit longer than they were before because there'll be the prayer at the end. And if you don't use the podcast for a devotional time, then you can just skip the prayer part. But if you're like me and you do use it in your morning worship, it's nice to have some guided prayer from the scriptures. So we'll give this a try for a while, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about the new format. Let me know what you think. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We're studying James 4, 7, which says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're instructed to resist satanic attacks. One reason we often fail at that is because we're confused about what form his attacks take. We resist things that aren't even attacks, and we're oblivious to the real attacks. Today we'll discover where the real battlefield lies. How do I send Satan running away? Start doing God's will. If I bow the knee, I stop resisting God, and I submit to what he's doing, then I become an instrument of his hand. That is lethal for Satan. Next time Satan comes, starts coming on strong in your life, instead of just looking at the sin and just saying, I gotta say no, I gotta say no, I gotta say no, I gotta say no, I gotta, instead of that, think to yourself, okay, what is one thing I can do right now that I know for sure is God's will? That's what Satan's not gonna be able to handle. And what's the basis for all that? Scripture. Obviously, Scripture. Just as James said back in chapter 1, humbly accept the word which is planted in you, which can save your soul. Okay, so that's part of humility is receiving the word. If Satan does his work by deceiving us with human wisdom, then our weapon to fight that obviously has to be wisdom from heaven, which is revealed where? In the Bible. So this is the weapon that's just going to completely disarm the devil. He cannot handle this. The Word of God rightly applied and understood and believed. What, 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 what can Satan do to you? If you're at a moment where you're believing God's Word, what can Satan do to you? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, that renders him absolutely helpless. So, so what's the bottom line of all this? It's this. If you want to send Satan packing, you do that through two, two things, righteousness and truth. 
righteousness and truth. The wisdom from heaven, which is all characterized by righteousness, and the truth of God's word. Submitting to God, that's righteousness. Repenting of your sins, humbling yourself, peacemaking, that gives Satan a black eye. Every one of those, black eye. You repent of your sins, he gets another bloody nose. You, you make peace, he's getting a bloody nose. And then the other eye, you can blacken that with truth. Knowing and believing God's word, what it says, rather than just operating on natural human wisdom and impulses, going by scripture. That's the two-pronged attack that will make the devil flee. And you're going to see that everywhere you look in the New Testament that talks about spiritual warfare, this is what you're going to see. Righteousness and truth. Righteousness and truth. Every time. The most thorough chapter in the Bible on spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, the armor of God. What's our weapon in there? Isn't it the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Truth. And what's the shield? Shield of faith. Believing the truth. And the breastplate of righteousness. Right? Righteousness and truth. 2 Corinthians 10, especially truth is what's emphasized in most of these passages. 2 Corinthians 10, demolish the the devil's strongholds and all that. Uh, How is that done? How is that done? It's done in that passage by taking the devil's arguments and forcing them into obedience to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Truth. How do we resist Satan in, in 1 Timothy 4? By countering doctrines of demons with the truth of God's word. Over and over we see the same thing. Every spiritual warfare passage. Satan attacks us by means of truth claims, trying to convince us of lies, trying to convince us of things that are not true, and get us to believe those things and think in worldly ways, trying to trick us into valuing worldly things. And we fight back by exposing those lies with biblical truth. We, we, we fight against the devil by saying things like, what does the Bible say about this situation? What does the Bible say about money? What does the Bible say about uh, what to do when somebody gets mad at me? What does the Bible say about uh, suffering loss or getting sick or physical fitness or self-esteem or how to deal with fools or, 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 or whatever you're dealing with? That's spiritual warfare. That's true spiritual warfare when you say, what does the Bible say about that? Jesus cast out demons to prove that he was God. But when he fought against Satan personally in the wilderness... What did he do? He didn't revert to divine power and just blast him into hell. He did something that we can follow as example of, that we can mimic. He fought Satan how? By countering Satan's lies with the truth of God's word. That's how Jesus did it each time. Truth and righteousness. One time Satan tried to uh, get, get the better of Paul by tricking Paul into thinking... You know what, Paul? The way the Corinthians have sinned against you is so egregious. It would be understandable if you just held a grudge. Kind of make them pay for it. That's what Satan tried to do. How did Paul fight back against that? How did he send Satan running? By casting that rebuke? No. You know how he did it? Forgiveness. He just forgave. 2 Corinthians 2.10, he says, I have forgiven, verse 11, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we're not unaware of his schemes. Paul says, I've seen that one before. You're not going to fool me with that one, Satan. I'll just forgive him. Satan lost. 
2 Corinthians 11.3 says, Paul says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow led astray from your sincere devotion to Christ. Verse 14, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. See, he masquerades, he lies, he deceives, he tries to persuade, he tries to convince, he tries to get you to think like the world. That's how he attacks you. See, don't think that... Trouble is satanic attack. You know, people, they're driving, your car breaks down, you get a flat tire in the middle of a rainstorm, on the way to a super important meeting, it's all falling apart, and you're just like, Satan's attacking me. No, no, no. No, no, don't, that's not the devil's attack. The devil's attack is after all that happens, and then he comes along and whispers in your ear that an ungodly response to all that would be reasonable. There's the satanic attack. Trying to trick you. And to think into sin. Now, don't forget, this is all of this is still inside the humility sandwich, right? So it's all characterized by humility. The influence of the devil is always going to be in the direction of pride. When you when you see this verse about well, resist the devil. Again, don't think mainly in terms of oh, uh, that means say no to this impulse to have a second donut, you know, or something. Resisting fleshly temptations, saying no to something that you shouldn't be eating or shouldn't be doing, whatever. That's part of resisting the devil. But, but even more fundamental than that is resisting a certain way of thinking that's behind that impulse that puts self first. Namely, pride. See? It's, it's fighting against pride. If I'm tempted to eat a donut that I shouldn't eat, and I just say no, and I walk away, what's happened? Well, I've resisted a donut. That's all I've done. But if I realize at that moment that the impulse that's driving me is this attitude, this this prideful attitude that says immediate pleasure and comfort is more important than godly wisdom. And I resist that attitude? At that point, I've resisted more than a donut. I've resisted the devil himself. Because the devil's the one that's behind that prideful attitude of worldliness. You see that? That's what it means to resist Satan. When you think biblically about anything, you can think about any topic. You know, you have a problem with bad stuff coming into your mind. You don't necessarily have to push it. All you have to do is think about it biblically. You can think about anything you want biblically. When you think biblically, Satan cannot deal with that. He has no weapon that can counter that. He can't do anything about that. If you humble yourself, submit to God, Satan's got nothing. Nothing. It's a huge mistake to think that hardships in our lives are satanic attacks. You hear that all the time. Oh, the enemy's really attacking me. All kinds of things are going wrong. That's the wrong way to look at it. Hardships are morally neutral. Losing your wallet, getting the flu, having your dishwasher break down, inability to sleep at night, none of that is satanic. Hardships are morally neutral. God uses them for good, Satan uses them to try to push you into sin. But the hardship itself is not the point of attack. Satan attacks you not with the hardship, but by trying to get you to respond wrongly to your trials. Take a second to think of the last hardship you encountered. What kind of responses would displease God? That's the satanic attack. And what kinds of responses would please God? That's how you can turn that hardship into something exceedingly wonderful. Heavenly Father, 
the hardship I have in mind right now, painful as it was, I trust your promise that things like that you don't bring willingly into my life. You do send them for my good, but the pain it causes, that doesn't come from your heart. As a loving father hates having to discipline the child he loves, so your great heart breaks when it's time to allow suffering in my life. Thank you, Father, for your compassion. And thank you for your promise that I can rely on you to never bring superfluous, unnecessary suffering into my life. But as good as your purposes are, I know the enemy wants to capitalize on all my suffering. Protect me from that, dear Lord. I want to follow in the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ today so that Satan might not outwit me. Open my eyes today so that I'm alert to his schemes and strategies and I don't fall into his traps. Prepare me right now, Lord, to respond to the upcoming hardships today, big and small, in a way that will be pleasing to you. Teach me what it means to take refuge in you, that I may never be put to shame. You are my rock of refuge and my strong fortress. For the sake of your name, guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, hide me from the intrigues of the enemy. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.